Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Really happy to be working with such a great company who have really revolutionized the shaving below the waist game. Guys, we've all been there. Shaving down low has always been a pain, but not anymore with the new Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower. I just got mine last week and wow, I've never felt better down there. It's a waterproof razor so you could use it in the shower. And it also has an LED flashlight, which really is a game changer because it gives you a great view at what you're shaving and it helps you avoid those annoying nicks and cuts. Manscaped is an amazing company and we want you to try it. Now you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BABBLE at checkout. So visit manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you use the code BABBLE. That's B-A-B-B-L-E, BABBLE. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. And we are live for the 71st episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight it's a big three. It's me, Andrew, and G. How are we doing, guys? What's going on, man? Missed you last time. Yeah, you know, I was had an event to go to, you know. It's, I totally wasn't avoiding you guys. That wasn't the case. Um, I totally wasn't holding out until DJ LeMay who signs his contract. That's definitely not what happened. Let's give a shout-out to our one co-host who's not here, Alex. He just celebrated a birthday, so happy birthday to Alex. I think he just turned 15. Uh, <laughs> That's that's a that's usually we usually use the age joke with uh, Christian, but yeah, happy birthday to Alex. He's also got a uh, big Bills game tonight coming up. So yeah, guys, here we are, MLB off season. Where today is December seventh, Pearl Harbor Day, and DJ LeMay, who still isn't signed, guys. I, I don't I, I don't even know why we're recording. Like, well, what's going on? It's rumored that he wants a five year, one hundred million dollar contract, and the Yankees, by all reports, uh. He's, the Yankees are still the front runner, so I don't think we should be too concerned. But uh, as each day goes by and he's not signed, it's impossible not to scratch your head a little bit and, and be a little bit concerned, especially now that apparently the defending champs are in the DJ LeMahieu market. The Dodgers may want to put him at third base. So that's obviously DJ is going to be the center of the pod and the center of the Yankees offseason until he signs. Right, that's just what it is. But yeah, guys, uh, the non-tender deadline just happened. A uh, few moves being made, a few signings being made. But yeah, how how are we feeling, guys? How are we doing? Yeah, I, I, the 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 non-tender deadline was, I want to say, disappointing in the fact that some some really good names did did get non-tender, but also. Um, not that I for people to lose their jobs, but the way it was talked about that it was going to be a total bloodbath. I, I almost expected there to be more, more of like a you know shell shock kind of going on, and it didn't really happen. I think they took about the same number, maybe a few more uh, players who were non-tendered compared to last year. Uh, the big name that that I was talking about uh, in our chats leading up to it uh, was Eddie Rosario. I think that was a Probably the biggest, one of the bigger shocks to to us. He was he was put on waivers what the day before. I'd say I'd say him or Adam Duvall. I was kind of shocked. Though. Yeah, Duvall was was a strange one too. Um, I mean, we know Atlanta just spent all that money on pitching, so maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. But Rosario, uh, you know, he's a really quality player, and and he was put on waivers, and not a single team claimed him. Obviously, if he got picked up on waivers, 
um, whatever team claimed him would have had to assume his last year of arbitration. They go through the whole process. And I think he's projected to make like nine or 10 million, which apparently is too much for a player of his quality, which is garbage. He's a great player, but I mean, now he's a free agent ready to sign wherever he wants. There, there's some, some names up and down that list that were shocking. I mean, the only name for the Yankees was Jonathan Holder. I don't really think anyone's going to be upset about that. Yeah. Obviously a guy that was never the best pitcher, but you know, obviously definitely worth mentioning that Jonathan Holder who like Holder is one of those guys. And I feel like you could say this about a few guys in the Yankees bullpen. It feels like he's been here for so long, right? It feels like John, even though it's only been you know, a handful of years, it feels like Jonathan Holder has been pitching and coming out of the Yankees bullpen in mostly garbage time or sometimes in close games under the Boone era. Right. But it feels like Holder's been here for so long. So it'll be a little weird to not see him out of the bullpen, but probably the right move. And obviously Luis Sessa, was uh, resigned, was tendered for $1 million. So we get more Sessa, guys. $1 million. $1 million for basically him to pitch in only the blowouts. So, yep. I mean, if, dude, look, it's good work if you can get he, it. Kudos to him. <laughs> if he eats innings, then why not? Um, a few more names that uh, Kyle Schwarber, um, obviously, more of, I feel like his, <laughs> na- his name outweighs his production for yeah. sure. But. And always going to be connected to the Yankees. Yeah. yeah, there was literally one minute in between him getting non-tendered and the rumors, or you know, oh, they had like, that. They had those know, Twitter the moment yeah. the season ended. They were just waiting to hit publish on those. Yeah. Like, Everyone talking about how the Yankees have to get him for first base, even though he's played zero innings at first base in his major league career. Um, we, where are you going? Oh, let's sign him in to be the DH, and then oh, wait, shit. We have Stanton. What do we do about that? Oh, let's put him in left field. Who cares about Clint Frazier? Like, just, just a lot of just really off-base takes. So like, put him in, you know, if your goal was solely to get a left-handed bat in the lineup, then you're going to put him put him at first base where you'd be supplanting the reigning home run king for last year. Or left field where, at least coming into this season, who knows what's going to happen with Clint Frazier's playing time, but like, Coming into this season, we had one of the long-time members of the team who's actually a left-handed bat anyway. So, like, I mean, it's silly because he's bad. When the only real it, position he could, he could occupy on, on our roster last year was the role occupied by, by Mike Ford. Um, now, granted, Ford could play first base. Schwarber's never done that. But you think similar type of – I mean, maybe Schwarber's a better hitter. But, I mean, he's not going to sign with a team to play – 30 to 50 times a year, right? I mean, he wants that's to start. a very generous maybe. Like, not even that, like, Mike Ford is that good, but I'm not even sure Schwarber is better than he is. Right. And, and then yeah, I mean, you I'd look at a guy like, Ford, but, like, yeah. um, what, Talkman, at least he has, I mean, he really did not do much of last year, but he still has defensive prowess. He's still a good base runner. Um, those are values uh, that, that Schwarber definitely doesn't have. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot yeah. of times uh, with the, the way the Yankees operate, they want you're an outfielder coming off the bench. They want you mostly as a defensive replacement. Like they don't necessarily need bats off the bench, right? It's mostly like, all right, Talkman's in there because if like if Clint's starting a game and usually in the sixth or seventh inning, even though Clint did have a good year defensively, for the most part, like you could bring a guy like Talkman in to be a defensive replacement. Like Schwarber ain't no defensive replacement, man. It's just not who he is. He's a guy that if a team gets him, it's going to be for his bat. And no, yeah, he's a hail mary pinch hit yeah, in the ninth exactly, inning, and if he strikes, who cares? He's a guy that hopefully hits 30, 35 home runs for you, right, if you're lucky. but like The only thing that you have to say is to be like, oh, imagine how many home runs he'd hit in Yankee Stadium, and then you have to stop talking there because there's literally nothing else that holds water like at all for it. 
Yeah, yeah, but it, it was hilarious how I think it really hours after Schwarber got released, it was like, hmm, should the Yankees sign this outfielder? And it's like, no. It's like, no. no, they should. They should it. They they really should. Because there's a trio of of alf, of other outfielders that that did get non tendered, um, that are all better in my mind. You have, I mean, you mentioned Adam Duvall already, but you got David Dahl, who is actually a really good player. He got cut by the Rockies for whatever reason. Um, you have Nomar Mazzara, who it's funny that the White Sox just went out and traded for him last year. Uh, they got one year production and they cut him. And then Tyler Naquin, who seemed to be you know in the league for for a long time with Cleveland. Um, I guess they're they're pretty. Uh, content with what they got from Josh Naylor, what they saw from him against us in the postseason last year. So they don't really have a need for, for Naquin anymore. Um, but, I mean, all three of those guys would be better options for the Yankees than Schwarber anyway. I mean, like, do we have to come right out and say it? a lot of these players, good players who, you know, should be and will be on rosters eventually, but, like, are getting cut by their team? And by the teams now because they're they just their ownership didn't want to pay them what they were likely going to be getting. It's, it's the status of of the league right now, right? It's it's kind of what we're we're dealing with in the in the post COVID. Like the like, Indians letting Adam Simber go for literally nothing. He was good last year. Right, he was trading for sense. cash considerations. I mean, they, yeah, they, got they literally gave him away for nothing. Like. I don't know. It's, yeah, just it, 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 it's a rough world. Um, I mean, what are the other names that, I mean, I mean there was a couple other big ones I did want to, um, oh, Archie Bradley, right? Um, actually, that's Travis really interesting. Yeah, no, but, but Bradley was, was interesting too, because similar to Mazzara, only even more amplified, he was just acquired by Cincinnati at the trade deadline. They got, what, like five appearances and then a third of an inning or one inning of postseason out of him. Um, and then they caught him. Like, I don't understand that at all. But he's actually a really interesting piece for teams that, that may need some bullpen help, and the Yankees kind of fall into that category. Well, I was reading something else that the Reds, they just got rid of uh, their closer, Rosario. They said there's an article posted that said, could Sonny Gray be next? So obviously, Sonny Gray is not coming back to the Yankees, but that could be interesting seeing where Sonny Gray could possibly go. If the Reds go full uh, Indians, you know, and just want to get rid of everyone and want to save money. I'm not going to deny the reality that, you know, even though the ownership for all these teams like really rich and can't afford to pay it, like if they want to not pay the players, like that's fine. But like, it's just, we haven't expressed much faith in the leadership Rob Manfred on this podcast either, but like, it's really, really awful to think of the league going to this place where it's like, you know, we have good players, but we're just going to let them go because like for the fuck of it. Well, some team's going to be the beneficiary of this, right? I mean, these players of, of this quality are not going to go unsigned next year. Um, There's still enough know, good, smart GMs out there that these players won't go just unsigned for the most. Yeah, part. or teams that are, are you would think to be out of it. I don't know. Like let's say a team like the Tigers or the Pirates, right? Who don't really seem to be even close to contending. Maybe a couple years down the road, based on their pipeline, uh, and maybe you know they are already pretty set in their in their payroll. But they say, you know, what, what if we just stretch the budget a little bit and we just scoop up a, a you know a handful of these guys, and all of a sudden we're we're, we're in it, right? I mean. You have no idea how it's going to shake out. I would assume you're going to have a lot of the, the, the mid-tier teams um, that that are going to be aggressive with these players. So maybe a team like the Phillies, even though they had their whole issue, maybe like a team like the Nationals, uh, the Twins are usually pretty good financially. Um, a lot of these teams are going to be the beneficiary of just a flood of, of available players that are going to be uh, – that are going to fall into their lap for below market value. 
man, it really is going to be annoying because you know, like a couple of these guys, like Adam Duvall or whoever, they're just going to sign super cheap, affordable deals, and then they're going to have like 30 home runs next year with like 900 OPS. And we're gonna be like, God damn it! Like what? <laughs> like how? Who let this happen? Like what? Why is this guy just on like for eight million a year? One of these guys is going to be raking for a team. You just know it's going to happen. It's going to be um, Tampa Bay for all of them. <laughs> God, don't say that. I, I was just about to say, man, that Tampa Bay is just going to create a full team of guys that just got released uh, when they probably shouldn't have, and they're just going to go repeat as AL champs. Oh, yeah, that that would happen. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Um, let's see. Yeah, oh, we haven't even mentioned. We were talking about this so much on the pre-show, I forgot we didn't mention it on this show. On the actual show, Gio Urshela uh, just had surgery on Saturday to remove the bone spurs in his elbow that forced him to the aisle last season. Remember, he kind of missed like a week or two, has like a real reset. Well, yeah, it's a three-month expected recovery time. There's really not a risk of him missing any time in 2021, especially with the possibility of the season being pushed back to maybe like Memorial Day. So really nothing to be too concerned about. But, yeah, is this good? that it happened now I mean with the Yankees usually this stuff happens like the day before spring training you know like the eve of spring training so him, him having this done before Christmas time it's it's good it's nice it's definitely a good news bad, bad news type thing right I mean we, we knew he had this injury um, throughout the season he spent a week or two on on the IL um, to kind of you know pain management and whatnot and he was fine in the postseason but like, we kind of knew that this was coming all along um, so why didn't he get the surgery like right after the, the season ended? Uh, it's similar to what, what we had last year with, with Paxton, but definitely better that he's not waiting until, let's say, February to get a surgery that has a three-month recovery time, and now he's missing right. a third, if not half of the season. Yep, yep, because, you know, with the Yankees, that stuff has happened over the, over the last few years. Free agent news, the Yankees have expressed some interest in Michael Brantley. Thoughts? Um, I mean, he was – Pretty good. He he does fit more of a um you know more than Schwarber because one he can actually hit, but two like more of the Yankees prototypical whatever he would be you know outfielder or rotating third or fourth outfielder mold. You know he's you know good defensively. He can hit. He gets on base. Like you know he's he's got some speed still. Like bit of a concerning injury history. You know he's definitely really good when he's on the field. So I mean it's definitely more of a fit. I could see it. I don't know. Outfield isn't necessarily the first place that I would like look to address, but I mean, if he's there for the price, you might as well go for it. Like, An interesting note from from Buster, who who wrote this, that the Yankees had uh, been in contact <clears throat> with Brantley. Uh, they, he said it was potentially going to be their Plan B to signing DJ, um, which which I get if you're going to spend you know decent money on, on a high average guy to hit at the top of your lineup. Um, Maybe they're sort of interchangeable in, in that regard, but similar to what we talked about Schwarber, I mean, where does Brantley play, right? LeMay, who has a very obvious spot, like he's going to spot Voigt and Urshel on the corners when they need it, but he's going to be primarily a second baseman. Brantley is an outfielder. So it's the same logjam we already were dealing with, right? We have Clint and Judge and Hicks and potentially Stanton, although I think they're going to want to keep him as a full-time DH. We don't know if they're going to bring back Gardner. Uh, they, they have no room, really. And, and of course, Talkman, too. Like, there's no room in the outfield for, for Brantley. So if they sign him, they got to be moving some other guys out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, where does he fit currently, assuming Gardner and Talkman come back? But, 
yeah, if they sign Brantley, I guess one of those guys is gone. I don't know, man. I, I just don't see Brantley coming here. I, I feel like he's just – he probably – I mean, who knows? He, he'll probably know if he is coming here that, you know, one of Talkman and Gardner is gone. But I feel like he'll just go somewhere else where he's probably guaranteed a little bit more playing time. Could be wrong about that, though. Like, I, I'm usually not wrong, though. Right, guys? You know, right. <laughs> um, a little bit of a sadder note because this is just a really shit situation. Uh, Staten Island Yanks are suing the Yankees because, obviously – no longer affiliated and they released like a press release a little statement on their twitter account and yeah the the whole situation just sucks the yankees definitely deserve blame but it really is just rob manford and his it seems like it's his mission one of his missions is to just eliminate minor league baseball over the last couple years it's really a shame minor league baseball is such a great part of baseball in general and really what makes it go and And how does that help financially like how does that help the league to have, I mean, are they subsidizing all these these low level clubs? I mean, I thought the affiliation, right? Like, so the Yankees were, and and the city of New York were helping, you know, finance the Staten Island Yankees. Like, I don't think Major League Baseball, you know, is, is being burdened by keeping that franchise alive. So, so what does it actually do to cut the the minor league system? I know there's that whole what that Major League Draft League that they want to take, where they want to take players who are, um, especially if the draft is shortened from like 30 rounds to seven or whatever the number is, they want to take a lot of those players who aren't drafted um, or players who are you know, out of a, a, a roster spot and kind of just throw them on some local teams and play each other. And then they can get called up to single A, double A teams for other squads from there. Um, but I, I don't understand what the league benefits by just axing a third of the minor league teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it either, man. And you just think, cause so many of these minor league teams are in towns where, there's really not like a professional team close by. And like that minor league team is the team. And some of these minor league teams bring in like not obviously none of them bring in like a ton of revenue, but some of them do bring in like a decent amount of revenue. So yeah, it's like really like, how is this hurting? How is this even, how is this even like a blip on the radar, right? That you guys have feel the need to eliminate all these, the affiliations from all these minor league teams. I believe what, what the number go from 160 to 120. Yeah. In terms of my, like, yeah, I don't know, man. And that number is probably going to keep going down, sadly. So, right yeah. now, now if they restructure the system and they find ways to keep job openings, but maybe not as many team affiliations, then sure, maybe, maybe it's more of like, a, like an open pool. Rather than a player getting stuck in you know low A for a club, maybe they get into like a unaffiliated pool of players where any team has access to them. I mean, that may affect trades too, even, you know, a lot of those guys are in deals, but maybe there's a way to, to tweak the system to, to benefit the players. Sure, I'm all for that. But if it's just cutting opportunities, that's not it. That's actually interesting though, because that's like what the, um, what the NBA G League was for a while. Like there was some, some rules where like any team could call you up regardless of like which franchise or what the closest proximity or like, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting thing. Which I'd be okay with, right? I mean, if a, if a guy is playing decent ball, but I mean, he's not good enough to play double A or triple A, certainly not the majors, and he's stuck in single A or low A ball um, for a club, and another team wants to roll the dice on on him, like, sure, right? I mean, maybe it can propel a career. Like the Yankees gave up on Jose Quintana when he was in single A, right? And he ended up having a pretty decent career, um, still going. So, like, some of these guys, you know, there's always diamonds in the rough. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I don't know, Rob Manfred, I just don't get it, dude. For the reasons you guys just outlined, like, minor league baseball is really important to a lot of communities, just as, like, a, you know, 
just a basic community gathering type of thing, not that they're bringing in bank. And it, it doesn't really doesn't really make sense in terms of like actually growing the game, right? Cover more space, right? Not like get rid of these teams. You want to like put it in communities. Right. Show me a blueprint for how this is going to benefit the players, how it's going to benefit the communities that had teams <clears throat> that won't anymore. And maybe I'll be more receptive to it. But for now, it just seems really fishy. Like I said, it's probably the revenue, turn, the, either the gain or loss of revenue for most of the teams. It's probably not even a blip on the radar for the MLB. It really is just frustrating. Um, MLB, though, like the Yankees just picked up the Somerset Patriots, which, you know, are right close to where I am. Like the Somerset Patriots for, you know, as long as I can remember, like, have just been there. They, they've been independent, but they've just been out there doing their thing. They have a nice ballpark, I think, for as far as independent teams go, probably one of the nicer ones. But still, like, it's fun. They're not, you know, bringing in a ton of revenue, but it's just like a fun thing. And, like, they don't have to worry about it, apparently. MLB go, like, butting their ass into it. You know, there's been independent independent teams that, you know, have been around for a while, and, and it doesn't seem to be an issue until Major League Baseball comes around and starts getting involved with it, like... G goes to Somerset Patriot games, just gets fucking hammered. Confirmed. I mean, <laughs> would you like me to confirm it? <laughs> yeah, let's go. let's go, Pats. Oh, man. All right, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we got, guys, Gary Sanchez hitting tanks in the DR, right? Uh, we t- we <clears> talked <throat> about this a few episodes ago that we, please, God, don't let Gary struggle in uh, DR Winter League Baseball. And he hasn't, right? He, he's... He's looked good. Um, Luigi, I, we know you wanted him to struggle. <laughs> no, I, I, I trust me, I really don't. Yeah, he just he, doesn't want the Yankees to be tied to Sanchez if he's going to be um, dead weight, right? Like obviously, if we can get 2017 exactly. Gary back, then yeah, obviously that's that's number one option. If we get 2019 Gary back, even right, um, just any, anything but honestly, anything but 2020 or 2018 Gary is, is all I ask because those Garys are very scary and not in the good way. But yeah, Gary, he's hit a couple home runs. I know one of them was on a 3-0 pitch against what it looked like a low 90s fastball, but some confidence I mean, back. Yeah, I, think he's, start I think he's on the same team as Herman and Uhar, and I think I heard Puig just joined them. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they had a little party over there. And you see uh, Debbie Garcia, our, our good old Debbie, he's got blue hair. Um, he's living his best off-season life. I love how all these Yankees just do all this stuff with their hair and facial hair in the off-season. It's like going to a Catholic school, and when you're on summer, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not shaving. I'm not getting a haircut. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's actually really funny that you mentioned that. I just We're going to get to to it later in the show, but I was watching some, some highlights from the 2017 World Baseball Classic uh, earlier today, and I stumbled upon the – the championship game uh, against Puerto Rico, and they did that thing where they they all had the blonde hair. Like I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, cool a lot of teams do that. Like all dye their hair or just like do something like funny like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, let's see other news, other signings and trades around the league. Uh, Corey uh, Evil Knievel is a Dodger now. Um, the Angels <laughs> get two separate Iglesias's, uh, Rafael and Jose, right? I was, why, why are the Orioles getting rid of Jose Iglesias, man? He had such a good – he was so good this year. I know he has, like, no power, but he was a nice little player. Um, Trevor May to the Mets, two years, $15.5 million. That's a good get for them. Yeah, it is. He's, I've, always, I've always liked Trevor May. And I've always looked at him as a guy who has a pretty big arm. I just feel like he's going to have that one year, maybe two years, who knows, where he's just a really good reliever. So, yeah, he's kind of similar to, to Tommy Canely, right? I mean, in, in build yeah. and stuff. 
throws pretty hard, not too hard. Has you know good stuff. Has the change up to to was, neutralize the left handers. Mm-hmm. He was one of the Twins' better levers over the last few years. Uh, Mike Miner, two years, eighteen million guaranteed, and the club option for the third year. Some news and notes. Uh, Chris Chris Young hired as the Rangers' new GM. Um, the almost seven footer himself, right? It's but interesting that they signed him out of major baseball. Front baseball. Office, right? Yeah, yeah. he was working in the commissioner's office um, the last couple of years. Kim Ang did the same thing, right? She she was working for Major League Baseball. Yeah. Got hired as GM, so. But obviously, she had a ton of experience before she went to the commissioner's office, right? Like you know, working with the Yankees. Assistant GMs, yeah. Yeah, Chris Young, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't have that same amount of experience because he was um, playing baseball. But yeah, who knows? Uh, the Rangers definitely need something. Guys, a lot of uh, a lot of good KBO, a lot of good Asian players posted today and this week, right? Um, ha Sung Kim, um, Sung Bum Na, and oh man, um, I should have practiced this pronunciation before for uh, Sugano. How do you say his first name? Tomoyuki Sugano. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, so two pitchers, <laughs> <laughs> two pitchers, and a middle infielder. And Sagano's actually the, the reason I was watching the, right, the World right. Baseball Classic highlights because he was the ace of the of the, Jet, uh, the Japan staff. Uh, actually pitched against us in the semifinal mm-hmm. matchup uh, and looked okay. really good. Granted, it was four years ago coming up on, but um, I don't know. He's he, he's got really good stuff, and he went fourteen and two with an ERA under two last year. Uh, in you know pitching for for the Amir Giants. Uh, I mean, I mean. He's 31 years old, so yeah, I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get, uh, but he is the like highest potentially rated scary, not like age to be signing a first-time major leaguer at. Like, well, look, if you're going to sign someone, this is about the age <clears> that someone would be. Um, I mean, if they weren't super young, like Harper and Machado, and you know, you hit free agency at 26, usually you're hitting free agency 29, 30, 31, right? That's what. It, so basically, it's like he. He's ready for his first big free agent contract, right? So if you give the guy four or five years and you think you're going to get production from that, then I don't – I mean, you're not going to – no one's going to hand out eight years to him like we gave seven years to tonight right. at age 24. The thing the thing you always have to be careful with about – and I'd have, I obviously have to look up his stats to prove this, but a lot of these Asian pitchers throw a lot. They, throw, they just have a lot of innings logged on them early in their career. So 31, like he might have just a lot of miles on him and teams might not – you know, kind of be scared away from that, but he's only top 200 innings one time. Okay, so he's, I, I maybe like maybe they've kind of taken care of that because I remember like every five, ten years ago, almost every Asian pitcher that would come over, they were like, oh yeah, this guy one time threw like 250 pitches in the game one time. Like, Holy <laughs> shit! Like, no, I think it was much like, more. Who was, what was that like? With, what was it? Um, who was? Was it Dice K? Who like? I think they were saying when like Dice K came over, they were talking about him. Like yeah, he, had he would throw like 200 like, pitches regularly. Like, and, like they had this game, it was like a 13 inning game, I think, and he threw like 250 pitches. And then the other pitcher, who I believe also made it to the MLB, I could be wrong about that though, threw like 250 pitches. And I'm just like, oh my god, what was this? The 1920s this game happening? Like Jesus. Tanaka. Can it Tanaka. That against Kikuchi, maybe? It could have been. I, I just. Oh no, Kikuchi's I, way younger. There's no way he was messing. Yeah, with it. yeah. Like in Tanaka's seven full major league seasons, or you know, with the Yankees, he pitched. Of 1,050 innings in his seven seasons in Japan, he threw 1,300 innings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Like, it, and it like they've like scaled back with that in Asia in terms of like pitchers going along. But yeah, like 10 years ago, it was just crazy. Like those guys were legit horses out there, like, especially the top pitchers like Tanaka. 
let's see, what else do we got? Oh yeah, um, the MLB, known for making good moves, they're planning on no universal DH in 2021. Rob Manfred, but it's just at this point, like, uh, like I know there's some people, and like, look, we're obviously the Yankees are an American League team. So we really don't have to deal with it as much. But, like, I do know there are some people out there, mostly boomers, who like <laughs> pitcher hitting. They're like, oh, it's pure baseball. But it's like, dude, like, it's fucking – these guys hit, like, 1808, you know, like, with, like, an OPS of, like, friggin' three, 400. Like, but don't you know hard. a couple of guys hit, like, two yeah, home runs? Makes it worth and watching like people, 180 hitter every night in your lineup. And people will say, like, oh, the Bartolo Cologne moments and, like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, ah. It, it just – And it completely changes the game too, right? I mean, you, you know, the guy who's got – It creates 16 always, jobs as well. It's going to get intentionally walked. Yeah. Right, right. Obviously, it, the, the extra opportunities in the lineup. But I hate National League strategy. Um, I mean, I don't mind it with – you know, you have to do the double switches late in games. But the fact that every time there's a rally at the bottom of the order and the guy in front of the, the pitcher is always going to get intentionally walked or pitched around so that they can just either go right at the pitcher with two – two outs or, you know, set up a bunt that they know is going to be potentially right back to the pitcher and an easy double play kind of thing. I mean, that's not fun. Yeah. And you, and the thing is, I feel like this was different maybe 15, 20 or so years ago where, you know, there's a lot of – in terms of like youth ball and travel ball, like it used to be where almost like 20 years ago there would almost never be a kid who was only a pitcher playing like travel ball or youth ball. But now you actually have kids like that who like only pitch. So – more and more, like these pitchers are, a lot of these pitchers are coming into the league, and they, they just haven't hit in like five, ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these kids, if you're like a great pitcher, let's say in high school, maybe you just didn't even hit for your high school team because you're on a really good high school team. Like it's like you get to the MLB at like 24, 25, like you haven't hit in like a perf- like an actual game in t- a decade. You know, like where it used to be like, oh, a lot of these uh, pitchers actually hit in college and and whatever, but it's really not like that anymore. It's these pitchers hitting. It's getting worse and worse. I really just don't get why they don't go. And it's just look. It's just a better game. Like if you're a casual, if for casual fans, like you could put an additional good hitter in the lineup instead of having to watch the pitcher go up there and flail at three pitches and just sit back down 95 percent of the time. Look how effective the Dodgers were this year using the DH. They're just like, huh? Like so, (laughs) I saw someone on Twitter. I think he was a Dodger fan. He's like, man, I don't know why. Like. But this lineup just seems like – it almost seems like we have, like, an extra, like, bat in the lineup. It's like, yeah. You literally do. <laughs> you literally do have an extra bat in the lineup. Like, that's what it is. And it's like, oh, wow, this is nice. Like, yeah, wow. Dude, it literally defies logic for them not even to, like, like not want to do it at all. Like, they literally did it last year. And now they're, for some reason, going back to the way it was when it was, by most accounts, unless you're just, like, a super – hardcore traditionalist, like this is the way it was always done kind of thing. Like there's literally no reason, no possible reason you could give that would make it the better choice to go back to the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like, I don't know how anyone can just say, Oh, I'd rather have a pitcher hit. It's for like the, for like those couple moments in a game, like, Oh, strategy, double switch. It's like, really? Like really, is is that like all baseball is to use? Like that's interesting. That's not going to make your experience. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Like, it's interesting, but it's like, are we really going to sacrifice the DH for that? Like, ah, it's just so dumb to me. But yep, Rob Manfred. Um, the Mets and James McCann moving closer to a deal. Um, it, 
seems like they're not guys real quick who do we think is real muto going to because apparently the phillies are like yeah we're broke we can't resign him the phillies well they came out and basically or someone said we, that right the One phillies the are like we lost two someone dollars <laughs> yeah well, that was wrong and then someone leaked that that they were looking to trade zach wheeler a year after signing him and they oh, came yeah, out and, and said that was bull crap they too trade him for babe ruth <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, someone's like, yeah, I please, guys, please like believe that. me. I totally like Zach Wheeler. Please believe me that. I'm not sure they really do like, like him, but I mean, for them to say <clears throat> as egregious as that, like, if the Dodgers came along and said, "Hey, uh, can we get Zach Wheeler? You can have Cody Bellinger." Uh, the Phillies would be on that in a heartbeat. It's so and, funny. There's always those tweets where, like, or those stories where you see where you could totally tell the GMs are trying to almost troll the media and the general public like that's he was like oh yeah we want to trade him for babe ruth and it's like dude what what kind of like i saw that actual quote like did he actually say this like why would like well that's like the most rare like yeah we want to trade him for babe ruth it's like dude yeah babe ruth's dead and hasn't played since has has been dead since 1948 like i wouldn't trade him for babe ruth either like that's oh man yeah, just idiotic, just, dude. I know. But, yeah, so Real Muto, I, if he's not – because I thought he was going to the Mets, to be honest. Like, that, that was my guess. But now – I'll know. tell you what, though. McCann makes a lot more sense for them uh, because does. it doesn't – I mean, I, I get – They need a lot Cohen more has, than just a catcher. Yeah, and Cohen has all the money in the world, sure. But if they don't you know, give up every penny that they're willing to spend this this winter to JT Real Muto, and now you can um, you know, diversify your assets, so to speak, right? So – there's interest in potentially trading for Francisco Lindor. There's interest in trading for Carlos Correa. There's interest in signing George Springer. They can get, you know, at least one, if not two of those guys. Um, I mean, they're not going to get both short stuff, but you know, you know what I mean? Like there's some, some path to them getting a catcher plus a shortstop and another outfielder by not giving go. every cent they, they have to JT Romito. Yeah. I think they're going to go McCann Springer. That's, that's what I think. Cause Springer good was good. Yeah, it is. Springer was picking up a lot of heat to the White Sox, but then everyone's like, "Yeah, like they have, like, like they have Luis, like Robert, like, well, why, why would they get Springer? Like, obviously, you could switch outfielders around, but I don't know. There was a lot of Springer to the White Sox uh, heat over the last couple of days, and that seemed to cool down. So, yeah, uh, I really don't. There's probably, like we've said this, but there's probably not going to be a lot happening until like significant until the winter meetings, right? Even though they're virtual this year, which sucks. So, well, what was that like, quote from from Passan today? Um, he said we're coming up on a, a window from what he's heard from from GMs that there's going to be a, a mini frenzy in the next few days, and then it'll kind of cool down like a week before Christmas, and then nothing will happen through the through, through the new year, and then stuff will pick up again in January. Something along those lines. All, all I know is if DJ's announced either like within a few days of Christmas, it's either going to make or ruin my Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> December twenty fourth, December twenty third, night of, like, oh, DJ Mayhew, five years, hundred million, Dodgers. It's like, well, cancel Christmas. Say, the Dodgers, <laughs> right? Everything. JT to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are running on everyone, dude. Like that's what it. <laughs> hey man, why not? Right? They they're looking to reload. Can't I mean, blame look, them. You can't take the money with you, I guess. So you might as well spend yep. it. Like. <clears throat> that's what real ownership right is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Cuckman. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I'm looking at, at this list of, of free agents. Being we talked about the, the Universal DH potentially going away for for this upcoming season, I mean, look at guys who are who are 
potentially DH only, right? We, we mentioned Michael Brantley. Yeah. He can't play the outfield. You have Nelson Cruz as a free agent. You have Carlos Santana as a free agent. You can have guys like Nick Moreland yeah. and Howie Kendrick. Like, I mean, I guess Howie Kendrick can play first base pretty well. Moreland can play a decent first base. But a lot of these guys would but, probably prefer to be a DH in the National That's the thing. Like, you even look at guys who are, like, okay defenders but like mm-hmm. look if you're an okay defender it's like hey an nl team doesn't care it's like hey we, we have a better defender than you but you could still dh for us right it's right. simple as that but hey, you take that dh away then then the nl team has to say oh do we want this guy playing in the field 100 plus games i'm not sure about that so yep you know rob manfred just making great moves um guys anything else you want to talk about Oh, guys, have, I don't think we've talked about this on here. Have How about that uh, article where it was like Adovino like took all those pictures during the season? Oh yeah, that was pretty. That cool. was really that was like really interesting. A lot of those a lot of those pictures were like super eerie, you know, just like empty stand. You're like, oh man, this is like almost depressing. But it was really interesting by Otto. Probably the best thing he did this year, right? <laughs> right, the article that. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that was, that was showed him. Um, you know, like Garrett Cole pitching off of the mound in, in Adovino's backyard, like during the summer when, like before they started doing summer camp or, you know, like the team physician, sh- like in head to toe and PPE, just, you know, to do like basic daily tasks. It's just pretty surreal. The one that I remember seeing was, was that spit cup and it, they had to put like, <laughs> like three ounces of saliva in it. I thought it was they just like a roll up to like, the stadium and have to spit in the tube every every day, yeah. right? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, <sighs> that's yeah. It's gonna be for one. Of the, obviously, like for all of us who've lived through this year, we're all gonna be able to like tell our grandkids and whoever one day, like, oh yeah, I, that year was crazy. That was a weird year. And like, look at these look at these athletes, right? Like these guys who played and like. The guys in the NBA who played in the bubble, the guys in the MLB who played in empty stadiums all year. Like, it's going to be shit you remember, like, for the rest of your life. You know, it's and not in the, necessarily the a more... good way, but damn, like, the, this all this whole thing, this whole year, everything that's happened, it's been, like, a huge experience. One of the more iconic things that may fall by the wayside, and I don't think it should necessarily, is the resolve of the Marlins this year. I mean, they had their roster gutted by – yeah, remember, remember we were, were saying at the Marlins the first week of the season, like, oh, these these no-hopers aren't going to do shit anyways. And obviously, look, 60-game season, expanded playoffs, but yeah. And, they got in. and not only did they get in, they took down the Cubs in the process. Yeah. They they sent they to, uh, Theo uh, Epstein into retirement. Yeah, it was a nail in Theo's coffin. Yep. Good old Theo. Um, You see people like uh, – like, I, I saw all the Mets fans last week, like – we're just trying to almost create like a frenzy to try to like, oh, like please get him. And it's like, dude, like he said, he's taking the year off. You know, it's I don't think it's gonna happen. But another thing, it's not that we keep talking about the Mets, but just so much stuff coming out about like the former, you know, front office and all like the terrible shit they did. It's just so funny, like because really, like I'm somebody who like and maybe this is because I don't live in New York, but like I really like have never hated or have any like ill will towards the Mets. You know, like it'd be cool to, like, you don't have to interact with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that has a lot to do with it. But like, I don't know. It'd be it, I feel like it's cool when both like the uh, Mets and the Yankees are good. You know, it's almost like rivalries in college football. Like there's a part of you that like wants your rival to be good as the same time as you. Because then it's like, oh, shit, when we play, it's like a top 10, top 15 matchup. Like it makes yeah, it no, there's no electricity in the in the city. Exactly. And I think with 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 
any other sport. I mean, the, if the Giants and Jets are both good at the same time, I mean, there's some buzz there, but they only play each other once every four years anyway. Um, if the, the Nets and the Knicks are both good, yeah, there's some kind of rivalry going on. They, they were both good, I think, around 2013. I think was was the last time that the Knicks were relevant. It was with the Nets had the you know the Celtics big three with them. Um, so there was there was some tenacity there, but the city is alive when the Yankees and the Mets are both good, and you know they're fighting for yeah. for back page storylines. Uh, they play each other in, in either four or six games a year, and and they're they're tense and they're hotly contested. Like the, the, that's where the city thrives. No other rivalry um, intercity than than Yankees versus Mets. So I, I agree with what you're saying that it, it's good for the rivalry. It's good for the fan bases. It's good for just national attention. Having both those teams good at the same time. But also, I don't want the Mets to ever win anything. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the, the baseball fan in me is thinking, like, it would be good just for the Mets to be good, you know, just – and, you know, for the city of New York because of that excitement and electricity that it would bring and also maybe having, like, another viable team in the same city would, you know, keep the Yankees' feet to the fire a little bit, you know, not that they're ever, you know, I guess – don't want to be good, but you know, it's good to have someone push you a little bit. And then, like Andrew said, I don't want them to actually win anything. I just want them to be good, but the Yankees can win all the stuff. The Yankees, the, the Mets don't, the Mets don't need to win anything. Right, right now, uh, like ESPN put out an article, like basically like MLB stock watching how all 30 teams stack up, and they have the Mets fifth right now. And I really can't um, argue against that because they do have, like, I think that's almost assuming that, like, okay, they're going to make moves in free agency, right? So I was going to say, right now it's a little optimistic, but I mean... Yeah, but I don't know, man. They, I, I do think they're going to be a really good team next year. But Yeah, I mean, look, Stevie who, Cohen... No, I, they, they, still, they still are the Mets. Like, we do well, the wait, you said it, it, it's the article is a stock watch? Yeah. So it's really where they're trending. It's not necessarily a referendum on yeah, how they're going to be this year. Their win forecast is 90.6, and that's a plus four and a half change from right. their end of season roster, which is very good. I mean, they have, like, you know, one of the two best pitchers in baseball and an owner with endless pockets. So, like, yeah. I mean, go for the gold, by all means. Yeah, that's that's kind of what – that's kind of, I think, where they're going with that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Adam Wainwright, 2020 Roberto Clemente Award winner. Good for him. Good guy. Yeah, I mean, Second uh, time in three years. Uh, wow. Remember, the Cardinals is one of uh, I think Yachty won it two years ago. So you're saying the Cardinals players really don't uh, – reflect their fan base oh god no hey it's all about the cardinals way luigi okay yeah that, and, and the players that uphold that uh, st louis like, best fans that's fans that's, stl i oh love my, that twitter account because all they do is just dig up the the the, the, the base of, of of their of their fan base like just the, you, the you bottom just read some of those tweets you're like wow this guy just used every racial slur in the book wow okay uh, moving and on every every cliche thing right i mean they Literally were there was everything. such it was such a, a war against Jack Flaherty last year because I, I I don't exact did he miss a start or did he just was he outspoken for like police brutality was, against minorities I, like I, I don't remember the exactly what it was. about right <laughs> but the guy was the runner up to the Cy Young the previous season and the fan base just hated him yeah. because he he opened his mind and stood up for something he believed in like uh, and I know that's not you know they have millions of fans and that's not reflective on but that account digs up so many it makes you wonder if there's maybe something more to like maybe they are fan base is a little worse than some others <laughs> like it's it's yeah, ugly uh, it's, there's some bad stuff on there but uh 
Yeah, it's not good. Um, finally, the MLB, the eight-man subcommittee, to meet next week to discuss the structure of the 2021 season. Zach Britton, Garrett Cole, and James Paxton are all part of the group. Go figure. Um, obviously, one of those guys probably not going to be a Yankee anymore, but they you know, all were Yankees this past year, so we got that. So the one being James Paxton. Right. No, Garrett, actually Garrett Cole, the one being. We're probably going to get rid of him. Um, I'm just making know, sure you weren't, you weren't yeah. giving up on on on, uh, on DJ already. You were already canceling Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is canceled if DJ doesn't resign. That's true, though. Uh, but yeah, I know you were already in hell this week when Cashman did his charity event, you know, repelling down the building. Oh, yeah. And I think Aaron Boone had joined him this year. He doubled right? down on the 10 years. He said, yeah, Boone. he goes, oh, know. you know, like, I hope he's here for another 10 years. And I just immediately thought, I was like, oh, Luigi in hell right now. Like, <laughs> like why does he say 10 years ago, man? It's like, we don't even, like, that's such a long time. It's, it's just the about guy, confidence in the I guy. I don't it. think he wants 10 years. I mean, if he can get 10 years, sure, but. But he keeps I mean, saying 10 years. Like, just say, yeah, we want here for, for the foreseeable future and leave it at that. Well, he like got how, 10 years out of Joe Girardi, and they apparently didn't like each other all that much. So. I don't know. Like, I just don't get how you're, like, you're saying, oh, yeah, 10 years for this guy. It's like, dude, he literally hasn't won shit yet. Like, let's hold off on the 10 years thing, you know? Like, I know you'd like him there for that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I just I mean, hate Aaron yeah. He's only 47, so we could, I mean, I don't know. Ten years, man. There's really no age on, on managing. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, look at Tony LaRusso, right? Oh, my God. And Dusty just got dragged out of the grave to manage the Astros. Um, Dude, the you can never say him. anything involving a manager being dragged out of the grave without saying Charlie Manuel's name. <laughs> He's literally the oldest-looking manager I've ever seen in any sport. Like. God. The, the managers that just look so old and tired and you're just like, just think of it. Like some of these guys are like literally in their seventies. Like imagine being like 70, 75 years old, having to put on like a full baseball uniform, you know, I mean, or just like, having like baseball pants and a belt and like turfs. It's like, you know, I'm too old for this shit, man. I'm going will to my present to you the most perfect example of the, I'm too old for this shit manager. It's Jim Leland, uh, Jim Leland. <laughs> No, the, obviously he wasn't a manager, but remember the Giants like training or his the trainer, the Giants main trainer. Oh my god! He was he literally there was that one image of him on the sideline where he looks like a hundred years old. He basically was. was like, he was he's like been here since old, the nineteen fifties. Oh man! Well, yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, still on DJ watch, um, just waiting for any good news to come about in that category. But yeah. Until then, we'll be here potting, talking about the Yanks, talking about what's going on in MLB. And talking about Manscaped. And Manscaped. Um, yeah, guys. Gee, you just got your ball wipes in the mail today? Cause I, I know did. I got mine. Well, I, I got them. I got the ball wipes, and I also got the um, you know, the, the body and hair wash, which I'm very much looking forward to because it smells great. Ooh. And, um, yeah, man. I, I'm coming I, tomorrow. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I am very happy. I wasn't even expecting it, really. I remember they said they were going to send us some more samples. And I thought, like, when I – anytime I hear samples, I just thought it was going to be, like, a Tiny few, little bottle or something, Yeah, man. but no, nah, they gave us, like, a legit bottle of uh, hair and body wash. And then this – I think, I believe it's 15? 15 ball wipes. wipes, yep. Deodorizer, you know, anti-chafing. More like on-the-go yeah. thing, but that – I mean, that could be really helpful, especially – I mean, I don't know if – We've said this on the pod, but I am from Florida, and it gets pretty hot down here. So having some ball wipes on the go, I mean, that could be clutch. Keep man. a few of them in the car. You know, that seems Travel like with them, yeah. Yeah, 
That, that could be the move, man. But yeah, so for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. Resign DJ.